0: Hello there, friends. It's Jimmy Maverick. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Maverick Podcast. And today we are going to talk about who is this year's Stefan Diggs, a wide receiver that switched teams in the offseason that offers the kind of upside to help your fantasy team in 2021. We'll check it out right now. Here we go. Listen up. It's time for the Fantasy Maverick Podcast, starring the guy who's going to help you win that fantasy championship, Jimmy Maverick. Hello there, friends. It's Jimmy Maverick. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Maverick Podcast coming at you from Santa Fe, New Mexico. And today, we are going to talk about who is this year's Stefan Diggs now uh, before we get into that I just wanted to remind you all if you haven't done so already please give me a thumbs up uh, leave a comment share this with your friends and of course subscribe all those things you do really help my channel out and help increase the visibility and um, you know I appreciate whatever you can do there likewise if you want to talk about some of these guys after the fact I'd be more than happy to have a discussion down below so please uh, definitely leave a comment so so let's talk about Stefan on Diggs now. Now Diggs was a guy when you know started his career in Minnesota, and he was kind of he was basically stuck in a low volume passing offense. Um, during his time in Minnesota, he averaged only 106 targets per season. Um, in 2019 he had only 94 targets uh, he went 63 1176 um, on that and uh, clearly clearly he was frustrated about the lack of targets and he showed that he could handle a larger number of targets because in one of those seasons that he was in Minnesota he got 149 targets um, so clearly he showed that he could do that um, but the one of the reasons why I just wasn't interested in digs at all is because I just figured it looked like a complete lateral move to me. Um, you know, if, if we look at how what cousins and Josh Kirk cousins, the quarterback of Minnesota and Josh Allen, the quarterback of Buffalo, what they did in 2019 was virtually identical um, cousins had 466 pass attempts. Allen had 461 pass attempts. Um, cousins actually uh, had a better completion percentage, 69% versus Allen who had a 50 50- 59% uh, passing completions. Uh, likewise, Cousins got 26 touchdowns. Allen only got 20. So uh, again, it was just very much a lateral, it, it just looked like a lateral move to me. Um, and because of that, I just wasn't excited uh, about taking someone like Stefan Diggs with the risk that was associated. But but what I did not expect was the transformation that Josh Allen would do in 2020. And It is staggering how much he improved as a quarterback. Uh, First of all, he went from a low volume passing quarterback to a high volume passing uh, quarterback. He went from 461 pass attempts in 2019 to 572 pass attempts in 2020 Um, he improved his completion percentage his completion percentage went from 58 percent to 69 percent his touchdowns went from 20 touchdowns to 37 touchdowns um and, and he did all that and basically kept the same amount of turnovers uh nine interceptions in 2019 to 10 in 2020 Um, and he kept his rushing yards very, uh, very consistent as he had 109 rush attempts in 2019 and 102 rush attempts in 2020. Um, and, and, but, but because of the massive improvement in Josh Allen, uh, Stefan Diggs was the primary beneficiary. And, and Stefan Diggs got 150 pass attempts. He went 105. Um, 1,207 yards and nine touchdowns, so just a banner year. Absolutely outstanding year, Um, and so uh, great. It was a perfect move, and so this leads me to believe who's in this situation this year. And so we're going to talk about three candidates, and the first one I want to talk about is obviously the biggest wide receiver move of the offseason, which was Kenny Galladay, who goes from Detroit to the New York Giants. Now, one of the things that I thought was really interesting when I was doing my research for this piece is that if you look at what the quarterback Daniel Jones did in 2020, it is strikingly similar to what Josh Allen did in 2019 before Stephon Diggs. Um, if, we look at this, uh, if we look at these stats... Um, Jones had 448 pass attempts remember Allen had 461 Um, He had a 61.9 percent completion rate. Allen had a 58.8 percent completion rate Um, The touchdowns for (laughs) Daniel Jones were terrible last year 11 touchdowns, so that was much worse and and um, Jones uh, obviously Daniel Jones does not run the ball as much as Josh Allen about half as often he had um, uh, 65 rushing attempts uh, last year versus Josh Allen who has 109. So so he so Josh Allen is a a much riskier version as far as fantasy is concerned because he's not really a rushing quarterback. I mean, he does run the ball um and he actually has some success with that. He had he has some success with rushing the ball, but he is not like Josh Allen. He's not a he's not a goal line um Vulture like a touchdown vulture, you know that's not how he works. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that we we look at you know what kind of quarterback Josh Jones has been and what kind of offense he's been on, which is an offense that really lacked a um, uh, you know a superstar receiver. Same thing with with uh, Buffalo in uh, 2019. You know they you know they, they had um, um, who were their quarterbacks? It was Cole, Cole Beasley. Uh, it was uh, John. Um, why am I drawing a, a blank on his name? But but you know, there there was no one there that was really a superstar that that came and elevated his game until Stefan Diggs came on the scene. So that's the question. Is Kenny Galladay, does he have the potential to do to Daniel Jones what Stefan Diggs did to Josh Allen? And and that's that's the big question this year. If you're right on this, uh, on this answer, your team is going to benefit exponentially from it. Um, but uh, right now, if we look at Galladay, uh, you know, uh, uh, obviously when we look at Galladay going from where he was to where he is, going from Matthew Stafford to Daniel Jones is a clear downgrade. And, and one other thing that I did look at was like how is the offensive line? And, and whereas um, Buffalo had an excellent uh, offensive line, it was rated as like tenth best in the league um, for the upcoming season. Right now, the Giants are are rated as having the worst offensive line in the NFL. They are thirty two out of thirty two. That's not really encouraging for. For a quarterback being able to develop as you would hope him to, um, but that is you know. But with that being said, that is probably going to lead to him having to throw the ball more, and, and and so that's the big question here is is what's the transformation going to be? Now, right now, um, I do have uh, Daniel Jones increasing his passing volume, going from four forty eight to five fifty four as far as attempts go. So. Um, very similar to what Josh Allen would do, um, going for about 3,800 passing yards and twenty-three touchdowns. Big improvement on the touchdown um, on the touchdown side of the ball, uh, and and when you look at Galladay, of course, Galladay got the biggest contract um, of any free agent this year. I'm pretty sure uh, at seventeen, no. 18 million dollars a year four year contract 18 million dollars a year now a lot of what i've been reading about what's been going on with Galladay is is they they say it's a crowded receiving core and you've got all these targets that you're going to have to spread around you know you've you've got uh, evan ingram you got saquon barkley uh, you know and and you've got the other receivers there as well but as far as I'm concerned, I, I think that's bunk. That's a bunk storyline. You you don't pay some guy 18 million dollars and then not target him in the passing game. He is going. They are going to feed Galladay the ball. They are going to give it to him as much as they possibly can. And so my projections right now on Galladay are, are much higher than most of most other um, establishments. But I, I have him projected with 127 targets. Um, going 75 catches for 1,147 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, For value, that means Galladay is right now projected as my 36th most valuable player overall um, uh, across all the different um, positions. And uh, has him middle of the pack wide receiver two. Now the good news about this is the fact that he is currently going as a fifth round pick. The uh, expected draft position for Galladay is 58. So it's right at the end of the fifth round. So a very easy player for you to get uh, in the fifth round. Um, And and because he's a fifth round pick, he offers some really nice value there. About a round and a half to two rounds of value if you wanna take him. And I do see him as my most valuable player available in the fifth round so that that's actually kind of nice insulation because when you get to the fifth round pick chances are you're taking your second or your third wide receiver at that point point. Um, and if you are doing that to get him i really like him as your third if you take him as your third wide receiver i really like that but if he's only like your second wide receiver that's that's riskier but again the volume is there the value is there and that's really good. Um, likewise, obviously, him coming off of that uh, the injury he had last year, uh, that also you know is hurting his value on the draft board right now. Um, I think he might move up slightly if when training camp opens, if he is a full participant out there during training camp, I think that's going to raise his value, uh, which would make him a riskier pick. As he moves up the draft board, he's going to become a riskier pick. But I like where he is right now. Um, He's also very consistent. Um, Even in his limited work last season, um, he rates an 8 out of 10 on my consistency rating, and he's consistently rated very well in as far as that category goes. Um, I, I also think that, that he has done, really, he's got some excellent uh, stats here that I, that I found out about. His career average depth of target is 14.6 yards, um, which is very, very good for a wide receiver. His yards per, per route run has increased every season he's been in the league. He's improved his catch rate every year he's been in the league um so so he he scores very well and, and in my app in, in my perfect fantasy draft uh you know I, I have them rated on four four things the value opportunity uh, va- excuse me <laughs> The value, the outlook, reliability, and consistency. Those are the four key stats that I look at when I'm evaluating players. And he rates well on three of them. We've already talked about the value part and um, his consistency, very good on consistency. His reliability is mid because he missed a lot of time last year. But in the prior two seasons, he only missed one game. So that's also very encouraging. Uh, But the thing that, that just kills him is the fact that he is going to a new team. He's moving to a new team. It's a new offensive system. It's a new quarterback. It's an unproven quarterback. You know, these things are negatives. And because of that, he only rates as two out of five stars on the outlook rating. And that, you know, that means in, in for me anyway, when I'm looking at players, I like to see players that score at least three stars on the outlook and at least 40 Vork points. So on those on those Vork ratings, they get points for how they score in each of those things. And if it adds up to over 40 points, that's a good player. Well, Kenny Galladay does exceed 40 points right now in the Vork score, but he only has that two-star outlook. So that means he really is. This is a gamble. But I think it's a gamble that I could talk myself into and in, in, In in the draft board Um, when I look at who else is available in the fifth round. There are players that I do like more I do like T Higgins more T Higgins uh, More reliable and a better outlook than than Galladay Jamar Chase is also one that I really like in the fifth round Um, I would probably choose them over Kenny Galladay, but I'm looking at straight-up value Galladay has the value. And, and and because of that, I'd be willing to take a chance on that. So, so that's kind of where I am with Kenny Galladay. Um, I I think he's worth the pick just for the value opportunity and the upside. I mean, shoot, if if Galladay can do to, to, to Daniel Jones what Stefan Diggs did to Josh Allen. Hell yeah, it's going to be worth it. Hell yes, it's going to be worth it for sure. Uh, but you got to take, you got to weigh all these things against each other and see what are your alternatives. And when I look at the alternatives, there are some players I like more. But I can totally understand why you would want to take Kenny Galladay in the fifth round. He's, he's a good, he's a decent fifth round pick. Let's just put it that way. He's decent, not good, not enough for me to really recommend him because of the outlook issue, but, um, you know, He's going to get the volume. He will absolutely get the volume in that offense, and volume is the key to success in fantasy football. So you got to take advantage of that. And 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 clearly, Kenny Galladay is more valuable than Jamar Chase or or T Higgins. So that's also something that you have to weigh in there. Is that yes, he will score you more fantasy points than those other two guys. So that's where I'm at with that one. Now, um, the next guy I want to talk about um, is someone that we all know is a very risky pick, uh, but He's in. He's in new digs. Um, let's see if he can make anything happen. But it's Will Fuller who goes from the Houston Texans and playing with Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins and playing with Tua. Uh, so obviously, I think you we can both agree here that it is clearly a downgrade in quarterback play. That being said, um, there are you know there are some things here that would. That you've got to consider. And, and and now with Will Fuller, Will Fuller is, is loaded with risk. Right. He is a he's never played more than 10 games in a season. Um, he was suspended for six games last year due to PEDs. And the he, he's actually suspended for game one of this year because that's the sixth game in the suspension. So he's not even going to start till week two. Um, He's playing on a one year show me deal in Miami. It's a 10 million dollar deal straight up. Obviously, he's trying to improve his his draft outlook after he blew it last year by doing the performance enhancing drugs. Um, He did have a career season last year, which is shocking that he only played 10 games, Um, you know, and, and, and so. That just shows you how much of a disappointment he's been in the NFL, especially for fantasy, since he came on the scene. When he plays, he's great, but the fact is he hasn't been able to play, and that's that's a big issue. I think I saw something that said he's missed like 26 games in his career so far in this four years in the NFL. That's a lot, and and, and the fact that somehow now we're expecting that he is going to be a highly reliable player I think is... Is a dubious claim. I don't think you can you can claim that that's going to happen. Now, now Tua had uh, an abysmal year last year. Obviously, he came in mid season. He was still recovering from his hip injury, so I don't think he was as mobile as he normally is. Um, but his yards per attempt was awful. His rushing was extremely limited—only thirty-six rush attempts in ten games. Um, so not good uh he um he did not have a good offensive line he was working behind uh it was the 28th ranked offensive line according to pff and that is not getting much better this year this year they have him they have the offensive line projected as the 27th best offensive line so not really improved to any extent so i think you know he's still going to have to be running for his life uh in that game in in uh, on that team and uh, when you look at what Fuller did last year, Fuller had an outstanding 11-game season. He he went 53 catches, 879 yards, and eight touchdowns. Had he completed his season, he would have been outstanding, a wide receiver one. But, of course, it didn't happen. Missed the final five games. Got 16.6 yards per carry, about seven targets per game. It was like 6.8 targets per game. But... Now that he's done this, you've got to consider a, a regression risk, and that's what I have him tagged with in my app. He's tagged with the regression risk. Um, he's got a quarterback downgrade. He's got a crowded receiver core, which includes Devonte Parker, uh, Waddle, and Mike Gesicki. So we've got uh, we, we've got a crowded target field and uh, a, a quarterback who doesn't pass the ball a lot um, either. Uh, right now I do have Tua projected at 548 attempts this year. So that is similar to what they're what we're projecting for Daniel Jones Um, it's You know I i'm i am projecting improvement for tua going for 3941 yards 23 touchdowns 7.2 yards per attempt. So Um, this is very similar to Daniel Jones, but when you think about the quality difference between Kenny Galladay and Will Fuller. I mean, I consider Galladay a superior quarterback player. I'm sorry, a superior wide receiver to someone like Will Fuller. Not to say Will Fuller is bad, but Will Fuller is just. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff you got to consider when you're going to consider Fuller. Um, I do like the fact that Fuller is not coming off an injury, so that's good. He's not recovering from an injury right now. Um, he is an eighth round pick right now, currently going at about uh, pick 94, and he does offer decent value. He, I have him valued as the 78th most valuable player overall. So, um, uh, you know, you're getting about a, a round and a half of value if you take him. Um, and uh, his consistency rating is is pretty decent. It's pretty good when he's on the field. They're targeting him and they're giving him consistent work, which is very good. But the low reliability and the poor outlook, just just based on all these negatives that we're dealing with here, with him moving to a you know new team, new quarterback, unproven quarterback, um, you know regression risk, getting the big contract, uh, it gives him a terrible outlook. His outlook right now is only one star out of five and frankly i just don't think i could roll the dice on fuller for season-long fantasy now as far as i'm concerned fuller is a daily fantasy play he's a guy that you could absolutely put in your lineup during for daily fantasy matchups he has a very high ceiling um and he's going to be always available at a discount because of his people's impression of him that's where i see him and when i look at who else is going at this point in the draft draft in the eighth round uh, you got players like brandon cooks or lavisca chenault or even the next guy i'm going to talk about um but i would prefer to have them over will fuller Uh, again i just don't think he's going to make it through the season and and for season-long fantasy that's an important issue for me uh you know, reliability is a very important issue for season-long fantasy, and Will Fuller doesn't have it. So because of that, I am going to pass on Will Fuller, being able to pull a Stefan Diggs. Now, the third guy, again, is one who I like better than Will Fuller, going at about the same point in the draft. Um, and, and again, another intriguing choice that's in a slightly better situation and there could be a nice return on investment here, but I'm talking about Curtis Samuel, who goes from the, the Carolina Panthers, where he was basically the, the wide receiver three, to Washington football team, where he is now the wide receiver two. So that's, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, He's only behind um, Terry McLaurin for targets on that team, and so I think that's going to help his opportunities during the course of the season. That's a good thing. Um, the best way I can describe Curtis Samuel as far as fantasy football is concerned is he is a chronic underachiever. Um, and you've got to resist the urge to fall into the training camp hype that you're going to start hearing <laughs> this next week. Because he always kills it in training camp. I, I, last year, again, I was super excited for Curtis Samuel. Um, but then it's, that started to fade in favor of Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is the guy I ended up taking and you know curtis samuel although finished with a stronger season than robbie anderson um it took till about the second half of the season for him to emerge so take that as you will um but you know he's reunited with frank reich his his head coach um last year obviously was a contract year uh he went uh, 77 catches for 851 yards and three touchdowns on 97 targets he also had 41 carries for 200 yards and two more touchdowns rushing he was the wide receiver 22 overall last year and um, when I look at regression risk he is a big candidate for regression risk because this was a career best season for him um, in prior years, he's only gotten about half the rushing attempts, usually about 20. And uh, like in 2019, he only got 54 catches for 627 yards and six touchdowns. So and he was the wide receiver 34 in 2019. Um, I think that's a more accurate projection for what he's possibly going to do on the Washington football team this year. Uh, I, I do think that Fitzpatrick is an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater, um, just for the Chuck it mentality that, <laughs> that Fitzpatrick has uh, love Fitpa- I love Fitzpat, I love Fitz magic. I love him. Um, uh, okay. So, and also unlike the other players, uh, Samuel is a two, whereas Fuller and Galladay are coming in as ones. So, uh, um, you know, that's, you got to take that at, you got to take that as you may, he's not going to receive the kind of volume that these other guys are going to get, because he's the number two option, um, but it is an upgrade for him because he was the number three option last year. Uh, I have him currently projected with 101 targets, going 69, eight, 69 catches, 816 yards, five touchdowns, along with 21 carries for 119 yards and an additional touchdown. Um, that kind of make that makes him my 74th most valuable player. Uh, very similar to Will Fuller's projection as far as that is concerned. Um, and he offers nice value because he's going at a draft position of about 99, pick 99. So again, we're talking about a round and a half of value by taking him. He is a high reliability player. He does not miss time, um, and he is high consistency. He, he rates as an eight out of 10 on the consistency ranking. So the only thing that's really terrible about him right now is the outlook. And, and that's why I like Curtis better than I like Will Fuller is because there's only one terrible stat out of four as opposed to two out of four. Because remember, Fuller had terrible outlook and terrible reliability. Um, Samuel doesn't have that. Uh, but again, the outlook is only one star. He's got all these negatives. New team, New offensive coordinator, a big contract hangover, a regression candidate. Um, and uh, so because of that, he only gets one star on the outlook. But like Kenny Galladay, he scores very well on the Vork score. So he, he, he's not hitting that three three-star goal I like to see for players to recommend them. But he hits on the Vork score as a as a marginal pick. Uh, I, I got his Vork somewhere in the high 30s to low 40s, depending on where you pick when you take him in the eighth round. So he is a decent option, and, and, and you can't deny the value that he's going to bring. Um, and this is a relatively low-risk play. I mean, when you get to the eighth round, chances are you're taking your – you're taking your third wide receiver or your fourth wide receiver, like a bench wide receiver, shoot, getting Curtis Samuel for my bench. I got no problem with that. I think that's a good choice. And I think he's a better choice than Will Fuller. Um, Do any of these guys have the chance to do what Stephon Diggs did? I think only Kenny Galladay has that kind of upside capability that he could do what Stephon Diggs does. Uh, But he's a riskier play because he's a fifth round play. Um, Uh, But, you know, again, all these guys offer value and 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 so they're not terrible choices in and of themselves. There's just other players I like better because they're more reliable, because they're more consistent, because they've got a better outlook than these guys who are going to have to be dealing with a lot of change this year. And we don't know how that's going to work out. So definitely watch what's going on. During the during training camp and again, don't trust what the coaches say Trust what the coaches do if they are playing him with the first team and they're targeting him a lot uh, With the first team uh, against the first team defense. That's very good signs if if they're getting, you know pulled off or someone else is getting more targets than them other than you know, in curtis samuels case in, other than terry mclaurin who should be getting more targets um you know those are warning signs so you just got to watch for what's going on with those things and but again i think it's um i i think of all these guys the only one i could really seriously roster <laughs> uh, is galladay and i'm going to be looking at galladay hard when i get into drafts now because uh, looking at these stats the the upside is so tremendous it's hard to pass on that in the fifth round. It's really, really hard to pass on that. Um, these other guys, again, there's other players I like more. I'm, I'm way in on Lavisca Chenault. Uh, I think Brandon Cooks is a very, very safe option for a guy that's going to get you a thousand yards and five touchdowns, which is better than either of these guys are projecting right now. Um, so why would I take? Why would I not take Brandon Cooks over one of these riskier players? Uh, but that's where I'm at. What do you think? What do you think about these three players? Where do you see them at this year? Do, do you think my uh, analysis was a little wonky on some of these guys? Um, again, uh, they're all risky. So, <laughs> um, but I think uh, I think I'm going to have to do some some more mock drafting and and uh, try my hand and see uh, where I can get Galladay and um, you know how it makes my team look. I like the vo- I, I mean I really like the value of Galladay. He's again best value option in the fifth round, it's really hard to pass that up. But that's where I'm at. So thank you very much for watching. I hope you liked it. Uh, Again, if you haven't done so already, please like this video and uh, leave a comment down below. I do appreciate it. Have yourself a great fantasy day, and we'll talk again soon.